On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Cody Davis, and of course, I'm along with my partner in crime, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. We are the hosts of Locked On Texans. Of course, you know us every Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be our trade deadline special covering the Houston Texans here on the Locked On Texans podcast. Now, look, we all know the biggest story surrounding the Houston Texans ahead of tomorrow's trade day line, which is set for 3 p.m. Central time here in the city of Houston, is Deshaun Watson. Will he be dealt to the Miami Dolphins? Will he waive his no-trade clause for a team like the Carolina Panthers, like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Denver Broncos? It's always Deshaun Watson talking. We talk about Deshaun here a lot on Locked On Texans, as you guys know, but there are other players that could possibly be on the move here. And we got to talk about these guys. And the best way to do it is to start our own trade deadline special here on Locked On Texans. John, when you take a look at this roster, who are some of the names that are sticking out to you as trade candidates prior to tomorrow's deadline? Man, I got to tell you, especially after watching Sunday's game, you know, he's been on my list for a long time now, but Zach Cunningham. Hmm. Zach Cunningham is a guy that, and the official number will come out later today, but if we're going out the previous three games, 52-29-21. That is the percentage of how many defensive snaps he played during that three-game stretch. Zach Cunningham has already had disciplinary issues with the team so far this year because of him being late. This is a new regime. They're not going to tolerate Maybe some of the things that were tolerated, not maybe all of the things that were tolerated with Bill O'Brien in that era, right? And so they bumped heads so far this year. On top of that, above all, it'd be worth it. It would be worth it. You would undoubtedly keep him around if that contract and that productivity match one another. And they have not matched. They have not matched the entirety of this season. Zach Cunningham has been a player in in my eyes who has been grossly disappointing so far this year. He was moved over to play the wheel linebacker to take care of that weak side. He has still had issues in this 4-3 defense with dropping back in coverage. And an issue that he's had in his entire career was playing too high. That's also been an issue. And so he's been able – players, I'm sorry – uh, the opposing players have been able to move around him. He's been whiffing on tackles because it's just not – the effort isn't there. And they've moved on from players so far this year, right, whether it was due to respect. If you're looking at uh, uh, Mark Ingram, who they moved on to New Orleans, whether it was because you're flat out not playing well, they've moved on from players so far this year. This contract is not fair for Nick Asirio to take on when he's not one of those star-studded players. Like we've wondered for a long time. When he's leading the AFC in tackles and let the league in tackles, why isn't he getting any Pro Bowl votes or all Pro Bowls? He has his uh, inefficiencies. He has issues. And I'm looking at Zach Cunningham, another player, and I'll pass it off to you, Cody. You know, if, I, if I'm this team and I'm looking around the league and I know where I stand, I'm moving on from Brandon Cooks as well. 
And that is a very interesting one, Brandon Cooks. And by the way, Zach Cunningham, I think Cunningham would be better suited for a defense where he's not carrying the, the burden. Um, last year was, was, was a breakout season for him. And to me, he's not here mentally no more. And I know he has his issues. I know he has his issues, but it's a it's a it's it's just now a mixture of him not wanting to be here, especially you know, him being one of the guys who was a part of an organization where it looked like they was on the up and up at one time, you know, regardless how they ended the playoffs. I mean, you look at one season, 10 games in a row, you know, they stand near the top of the AFC, you know. Then of course the year after that, they go, I think it was 10 and, and five, someone along those lines. You have a have a great comeback playoff performance against the, the Buffalo Bills, then, of course, you know, you're up 24 nothing, and prior to them blowing that lead, it seems like the Texans was just trending upwards, and all of a sudden, bam, it just dropped terribly. And, you know, so I kind of understand Zach Cunningham's frustration, you know, and I'm pretty sure if Nick Casario has him out on the trade trading block, there will be a team that would give him a fair deal. However, I would say he is doing Nick Casario a disservice by not coming close to the productivity of playing to his contract because Zach Cunningham, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he has someone in the ballpark of like $40 million over the next three years. And if I'm a team and I'm trying to improve my defense and I take a look at Zach Cunningham, yes, he is talented, but he will come with some limitations. Do I want to pay this guy nearly $40 million over the next three years in order to make that trade? Yeah, his cap hit for 22 through 24 would be 14.7, 15.7, So that's that's a little bit over 40 million. That's a lot of money that, that <laughs> any team is gonna have to pay him. Who you know, I I think he's a one-dimensional linebacker. He's gonna mm-hmm. get you those tackles, but a lot of those tackles come up field. Uh, he's had a lot of issues sticking to his assignment so far on defense this year, which has led to running backs being able to maybe get on the outside and bounce off for a couple of more extra yards. Uh, and, and in some cases, Houston has played teams that when they came into the game, they were not a run, great run team. When they left out of that game, they were a great running team because they played the Houston Texans. And by no means is that the burden, the burden for Zach Cunningham to carry on his own. I will say that his assignments that he's missed out on has really helped I'm sorry, hurt this Houston Texans defense. But back to Brandon Cooks. What do you think Houston should do about Brandon Cooks so, uh, for the next 24 hours, Cody? Um, I think Brandon Cooks had holds the cards to his future. I, I really do think so. Um, I, I can see them moving on from Brandon Cooks the way they did Mark Ingram. Because for those of you guys who don't know, apparently New Orleans, just out of courtesy, called the Houston Texans and asked, what would it take for us to get our hands back with Mark Ingram? And apparently, as the story goes, from what <laughs> the Texans put out there, and I'm pretty sure it's true because Mark Ingram said the same thing. New Orleans called. Nick Casario brought him into the office, had a conversation, told him Classy to sleep on the decision. You know, we want to keep you around, but, you know, if you want to move on and go back to, you know, the place where you began your career, where you became a three-time Pro Bowler, you was once in consideration of being one of the best running backs in the league. It's New Orleans. If you want to go back there, we will pull a we will pull the trigger, and he went home, slept on it, came back and said, "Look, I appreciate the opportunity, but I won't go back to the Big Easy 
And that's how the trade between those two, those two parties went down. I think I could see that same situation for Brandon Cooks, but John, you might look at me crazy. Uh, Brandon Cooks, it seems like he doesn't know what he wants to do. Because on one side, you can see he's frustrated by this team being undisciplined, him being one of the leaders. That is something that he has always talked about ever since, what, we two with their loss against the Cleveland Browns. And he seems like a veteran player who is tired of the losing and he wants to move on. And it's understandable because the Houston Texans is the only organization Brandon Cooks has been in where – his team did not go to the playoffs. It wasn't a winning situation. New Orleans, win, winnable situation. <laughs> Patriots, Super Bowl. Um, L.A., Super Bowl. And it's now you get to the Texans. What? This man has won only five games in two seasons so far as you and I sit here. But on the flip side of things, Brandon Cooks also talked about wanting to be a part of trusting the process and wanting to be a part of of the rebuilding process here in the city of Houston. And he kind of compared it to the Golden State Warriors a little bit. And the Warriors, before they got Steph Curry, was a team that was kind of bad for, what, 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden, boom, they win three, four championships. But my only issue with Brandon Cooks comparing the Texans, what their rebuild could be to the Golden State Warriors the Warriors got lucky and actually drafted a generational talent in Steph Curry. The Texans got lucky and drafted that 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 generational talent in Deshaun Watson, but they already burned their bridges, and now it seems like they might be moving on from him sooner rather than later. And by later, I mean his retirement 15 years down the line. John, I, I've talked about it. You talked about it. We said this way early on, I think before the season started, you know, if the Texans are in a position where it's a losing situation, they need to move on from Brandon Cooks. And there are a lot of teams out there that can really use Cooks's firepower that he presents to an offense. I'm hoping that Cooks go to the organization and say, look, I really want to see what you guys can get for me. I want out. I want to be able to compete for a championship. And by the way, Brandon Cooks, they can get a pretty big deal. Let me say this about Brandon Cooks. If we remember, they restructured his contract. Mm-hmm. And so after the 22 year next year, his contract is avoidable. I'm sorry, not unavoidable. It's avoidable. Mm-hmm. So far this year, he makes he's a, he has a cap hit of $5.5 million. Next year, it'll be 15.5. So, you know, not only will that play in the favor for Brandon Cooks, but it'll play in the favor for Houston because you're not. You, you, you'd be in a position, excuse me, where you won't have to pay that amount of money for a, an aging receiver who's still very good. Right? He's been mm-hmm. very good for Houston so far this year. He's been a consistent NBA throughout the year, the most valuable attribute for this team. But it'll play in your favor as well. He currently is on that five-year, $81 million contract. And by the way, you know, I'm glad that you, you mentioned his contract. So now I'm looking at this situation for the Texans. This is a win-win. Not only do you have an opportunity to get from underneath that contract, but like I just said, you can get a pretty good deal by dealing Brendan Cooks. The last guy that I know should be on the trading block. <laughs> he might be the one that's frustrated out of everybody is Charles Aminahu. Because, look, Zach Cunningham is frustrated, but he signed his contract extension. He got his money. That man, he, he he's making, like we just mentioned, over $40 million over the next three years. At least he's getting his money. Charles Aminahu 
he hasn't been in a position. He's still on his rookie contract. And the way the Texans have, I'm going to just keep it 100. The way the Texans have screwed him this year, that might have also affected his bank account. This guy has been frustrated since day one. He wants out of Houston. And I would not be surprised. He's the, even with the Deshaun Watson situation going on, he's the number one guy on my list that I can truly see the Texans moving on from. As, as a matter of fact, John and listener, I would not be surprised if he's already out the door of 16 and Kirby by the time you guys listen to this trade deadline special. I'm not sure with Charles who because I don't think he has a big trade factor. I don't, I don't, I don't think that, and that's due to his situation in Houston. So I'm not saying that's due to him being, you know, for lack of a better word, words, a scrub. Mm-hmm. But it's because of the playing time that he's had so far at Houston that has deterred what he could possibly do on the field. I don't think he has a great trade value. I think he has a very low trade value. And for Houston, would it make sense to trade him to a team where you're not going to get – you know, what, what, what do you search for? He was drafted in the fifth round. If I'm Houston, I want at least a fifth rounder back. And it may not be for the immediate upcoming draft. But a man who does have talent, he's been in a bad situation since he arrived to Houston. I think his first couple of years playing in that 3-4 defense, he played out of position. He's more so of an inside lineman. And if we're being fair, you know, we mentioned Brandon Cooks, Zach Cunningham, or men who we can keep going, but – I think the taste of losing and how they're losing and with and, the, and with the head coach and general manager that they're losing with is what really has been the issue for this team. And that's something that I wanted to mention on the actual Locked On Texans recap show. Uh, it's not how – it's not that they're losing games, and we mentioned this in the beginning of the year – before we got into this season, it's not that they're going to lose games. We already knew that they were going to lose games. It's how they're losing games. That has been so disappointing. Not only to us, but to the players. So a lot of these guys once out. I see a scenario where, you know, even after the trade deadline, maybe Houston just cut ties with players because it's not worth staying around. You can look at maybe Alani Johnson. You can look at other players across his team, but those are the three players on this defensive. I'm sorry, on this uh, on this roster right now that I can see Houston moving on from three. This quick hit episode of the Locked On Texans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where family and friends can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing their half. They'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home or away team can come to recharge. It's a place you can always look forward to stopping by on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Go hit the McDonald's today, your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect. And did somebody say locked on Texans watch party? We do take on the Miami Dolphins, and we do need a reason to celebrate. How about those fries and nuggets? I'm loving it. And continuing here with this trade deadline special of Locked On Texans, John, really quick before moving on, I do want to, you know, go back to something that you say. You talked about how a lot of these players just want out because they are sick of the losing. Yesterday told me a lot about 
how a lot of these players feel about this organization. Because when it was down 38 to nothing, the body language on that sideline was terrible. You could just see that this was just a dispirited team. And I wanted to bring that up because, look, no one was expecting anything from the Texans heading into OTAs, heading into training camp, and even through the first, what, four or five games of the regular season. But at least on the sideline, whether they was winning and losing, and of course, what, 90% of the time they was losing, they were still on the sideline trying to just keep the encouragement, keep the keep the positive vibe going, going on. I, I did not see that yesterday. Even when they scored 22 unanswered points, they were still kind of just nonchalant, like, yeah, okay, that's good. Let's just hurry up and get this game over with. Like, the body language was terrible on the field, but especially on the sideline from where I was sitting. I'd make a case that they don't have faith in this organization up top anymore, from Casario on down. And multiple times, I mean, we, we're going to say it all the time, right, viewers, but multiple times that we say it, Hey, this guy inherited a dumpster fire. Hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day. All those cliche quotes we're going to say, but the fact of the matter is Casario has six years to clean this up. Houston wanted Casario last year to the point where they were willing to, you know, they got them tampering charges hit on them a little bit, right? Remember they got them paper served. Oh, yeah. And so he's going to be around, I think, at least five of those years. You got players on this team, one-year contract, two-year contract, rework their contract so they could help out the team. Brandon Cooks is one of those guys. We're like, let, let's look at the let's look at what's really going on. You got players willingly reworking their contract to help out this team. You got players willingly buying in to help out this team. And they're one in seven. And it's how they got to being one in seven that's the most deflating. So you can't blame any of these players that say, hey, man, I, I can't do this anymore. Move on from me. Now, Cooks has been on record by saying that I don't I don't want to be traded anymore. And next time I get traded, we'll see what happens. And so whatever. But they're, they're, they are in a very – it's uncomfortable. Hmm. Fans not coming to the game. Fans got issues on, on, on the timeline. The The – the atmosphere around this team has been the worst I've ever seen. And it's all because Houston has yet to move on from one guy. He's still villainized. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to speak his name. You guys know who he is. And these decisions, I'm sorry, the decisions that have been made from March all the way down to where we sit at in the month of November where we're getting ready to get ready for uh, Thanksgiving soon. It's just been a lot of you know, this is a family show, but it's been a lot of BS that's being fed, a lot of Kool-Aid drinking, a lot of just a lot of a lot of nothing that's being said. And it's only so far these professional athletes that get paid to do this will buy in. It's not too soon. Exactly. And look, with the trade deadline set for tomorrow at 3 p.m. We are all expecting the Texans to make multiple moves. Of course, they're going to be sellers at the deadline. But, John, do not be surprised if after the trade line, after the trade deadline, excuse me, the Texans will continue to try to reshape this roster because 
I'm looking at at least five guys. I could see the Texans possibly cutting, just straight out cutting. Just say, you know what? Take your bag, go home. We don't want to deal with you no more. Of course, you don't want to deal with us no more. I could see five guys that the Houston Texans can do that to. And there's mainly this one guy in particular I'm looking at, and that's David Johnson. David Johnson has been so unproductive over the last couple of games. As a matter of fact, his productivity got worse every single every since the Texans lost that game against the New England Patriots and it seemed like that was the nail in the coffin and I even came on the show talked about how dejected he looked during his post game press conference and you know of course in the middle of all that you go back to Arizona the team where you had your most success from and then of course everybody is comparing you comparing you to one of the most lopsided and terrible trades in NFL history he even came out and talked about you know the the what people has been saying to him and his family ever since that trade, he's been in a depressed state, still in a depressed state. I can honestly see the Texans just moving on from David Johnson. And it makes sense because in yesterday's game, this man only rushed for four yards on two carries. I mean, Scotty Phillips, if I'm not mistaken, he had what, like 20 yards on like two carries or something like that. I'm pretty sure I got my numbers mixed up on the Scotty Phillips situation. But once again, you're looking at a team that is going to go, that, that has already committed to the rebuild and they have shown that they are willing to move on from some of these veterans. Now, look, Nick Casario, this guy is draft hungry. I'm pretty sure he's going to shop the market to see what he can get from David Johnson, but come on now. I mean, you, you can't get nothing at, from David Johnson at this point. And another guy that I would not be surprised the Houston Texans tried to move at the trade day line, but could be another op, could be another option for them to cut. It's the other backfield, back, his backfield mate, Philip Lindsay. I think Philip Lindsay has been one of the most disappointing players, especially in my book, because I came here on Locked On Texans after the Texans signed him. And I say, you know, he could actually be a running back of the future for this team, you know, because he's just what a year or two removed from rushing for over 200 yards, 2,000 yards in his first two seasons, Pro Bowl selection and everything. And now he's looking just as bad as david johnson so those are the two guys i can really see the texans just outright releasing one of the two I, i'm not gonna say both of them but they got to do something because at the end of the day regardless of how you feel they still have to see what they have in their young guys and one of the guys that people have been calling his, calling his number is um scotty phillips and also really quick i do want to mention i think nick casario missed the window of opportunity to trade for lonnie johnson I'm not sure. And he's another player that I don't think really has too much trade value. I think exactly. that, And that's what I'm saying. Cause remember when the season started and he was out there making hits, recording interceptions, his teams name was all over. Yeah. Teams mm-hmm. did call, but that's why I say, I think that, I think the Texans and Nick Casario missed a window of opportunity to move on from Johnson. They're going to have to stick with all the tweet through it. That's just what it is. <laughs> I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Make sure you check out today's episode of the recap show on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas. Give us a shout out. Let us know you listen to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, comment it. We're going to get to it, baby, every Friday. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Trade deadline tomorrow.
the future of this organization hangs in the balance of what they do with multiple veterans who could possibly be moving on. Now, I say that because maybe depending on what they get back, there are better days ahead for the Houston Texans, hopefully. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.